Greetings, salutations, and football vibrations. This is another installment. Welcome to another installment of All In with Atlas United. Of course, I am your host. King Roops, the Roops King, the number one Roops man, a.k.a. Nick Maitland, football journalist and extraordinaire. And this blessed day, I am joined by two Atlas players. Two, they're, they're senior in some ways, but they're still junior in a lot of ways. I'm joined by Daniel Lashley and Darren Mears. Welcome to the episode, gentlemen. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Thanks. Glad to be here. Oh, of course, I'm glad to be here as well. I'm glad to be speaking to you guys about your journey in this local football thing and especially your journey with Atlas United. Now, I want to start with Daniel. How, yeah. Tell me about your journey so far in Barbadian football, local football. All right, so I probably started football as I go into secondary school. I was probably like 12. And I would have started playing at Chapel Football Club because I used to live in St. Lucie, so that was my local football team. Right. Some some boy from the neighborhood actually had come to me at the time and asked me if I would come and play with him. So I was like, all right, sure. That's how I started. Just went up the road, started playing with Chapel. At about 14, I went to Kickstart, where I would have played out the rest of my junior years. And then I had a year in Division Two with Pro Shoulders. And then after that, no, I would have gone UE for a season. And then I would have gotten injured, which would have kept me out for a while. But now I'm back with Atlas now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty good. Nice revival, renaissance story. Um, <laughs> Darren, what about you? Tell me about your your journey in local football. Okay. Um, I started playing for Kickstarter in 2008, about. Uh I was going to St. Cyprian's Boys School, so I started there, played in, played for Christchurch Foundation School between 2010 and 2017, and with Captain D on the 19 team for two years, 2015-2017. Played for Kickstart up until 2017, faced three different injuries. So I stopped playing for about three months each time. And yeah, my last major injury was my elbow. And after that, I didn't return to Kickstart. So that was in 2017. Stopped playing football for a while. And now I'm here at Atlas. Mm-hmm. So one thing for sure I've, I've garnered from both of you is that you both played for Kickstart. And Kickstart is one of those clubs in local football who's, who have been responsible for the careers of many uh, of our national team, many of our national team footballers. Uh, Kickstart were actually uh, in the upper division um, for some time and they are a well-respected club in Barbados. So I want to, well, let me, let me stay with Darren for a little bit. Um, tell me about that experience at Kickstart. Well, it was a nurturing experience for me because the coaches were always with you most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not really much I can say other than they've, they've kind of taught me everything I know right now in terms of football. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, what about you? What about you on Kickstart? 
Well, yeah, for me, it was a good experience. Um, obviously, at first, it was probably more of adjusting because I would have come from a club that would have played a different way. I wouldn't have been as like strict, but then when you went kickstarting, all you were following different rules. And so I pro- I played with Darren for a couple of years, actually, me and him when you see him group for yeah, a while. Yeah, you figured that your, your time at kickstart would have overlapped. Yeah, Darren was my good friend at kickstart, man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's... Okay. It was good, though. As Darren said, it was a nurturing experience. We have a lot of coaches that are always working with you and willing to help and so on. So it was a nurturing experience. Mm-hmm. Nurturing. That, that word, nurturing. That's a very important word, especially when you're uh, coming into the, your beginning days as a footballer. You need that guiding hand. You need someone there encouraging you more. More than teaching you football, you need someone encouraging you because... Someone can teach you everything you need to know, but if there's no encouragement, if there's no enthusiasm, then, you know, your feelings towards football will be pretty empty and you wouldn't go on to do as much as or as well as you can do. Um, Daniel, you played football in secondary school too? Yeah, I played I play for my school team here yeah, for AFC. From... Oh, you, you're an AFC man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right, man. I, I guess that's no problem. But yeah, you played at played at Arsenal College. Yeah, I played. I played all the age groups. We had won the under sixteen tournament. I think I would have played. I would have played Darren side. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was in the semi-finals or quarterfinals, I think. Probably the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so we, we played who, funny. Who in that game? <laughs> we were, we won that tournament, man. So yeah. Oh. They yeah. <laughs> got <laughs> Fair, fair enough, but from my research and from asking about about you two guys, I understand that Darren has won two titles in his career. Yeah, already. Where those titles came? Those were way back. I can't remember what you call them. Those were at Kickstart. <laughs> <laughs> those were at Kickstart around so, 2010 and 2013. So we can't count them, or we can still count them. I I don't think you can count them. That was age <laughs> subtract them two titles, right? We can, we can, we can take time off of those there. Um, Daniel, you were ever captain at any point, whether at Kickstart or at HC? No, I was never captain, no. But you were always a midfielder? Nah, when I started playing, I was a left winger, but I'm not the fastest of players. So I went from left wing, when I was at Kickstart, I was playing left wing for a bit, and then a coach named Jules would actually um, tried to get me to play left back. So now I was playing left uh-huh. back for like two two or three years. And then eventually now I found myself in midfield. So when I was going pro shutters and thing, I was playing midfield and then at UE I was playing midfield till I got the injury. Mm. This UE Blackbirds. Yeah. So you would have played you wouldn't have played in um you would have played division one. No, literally this is how my UE Blackbirds career went. Well, if you could call it career. 
when I started, was my first year of UE. I think we they had just won. It was a year after they had just won the Premier League. And I was training with them uh-huh. and everything was going well. And we had a practice game. And in a, in a pro, in the practice game before the season, uh, like I twist my knee. And that is what kept me out of football for a long, long time. So I never actually got to play with Blackbirds, but I was training with them. Oh. Well, you see, you, you maintained the season after they won the Premier League. So, uh, and since then, they have struggled to maintain that same level of consistency. So, I don't know if it's because you weren't in the team <laughs> or what, but uh, definitely they would have missed out on your services during that period where they tried to bring themselves back up to that same standard. Um, Darren, tell me about your, your positional changes, if any, during your career. Oh, um, I started off playing right back and left back. Mm-hmm. I was really just a utility player at the beginning. Actually, before that, I was playing left wing for my primary school. So kind of the same way as, way as Daniel. And afterwards, um, I can't remember which coach it was, but he said I would probably be more fit to play center back because of my leadership roles. And mm-hmm. I started playing there. Then for the school, the coach preferred me in the midfield. So I started playing CDM. Played CDM for about four years and moved back to center back. And now Atlas, I'm center back again. Hmm. So let me let me go back to oh no, let me stay with Darren for a little bit. So of all these positional changes and everything going on there, what's your favorite position uh on the field? It would have to be central defensive midfield. I love that position. <laughs> what is that? Tell me why, tell me why. Some of my favorite players have played there. Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, Busquets. Mm. <laughs> you sound like a Manchester United yeah, fan. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as people say Paul Scholes and Roy Keane, then I know, okay, he's a he's a United diehard fan for sure. <laughs> um, Daniel, what about you? What about you and your positions? Which position have you found uh, most rewarding? Yeah, I... I definitely love playing midfield the most. Like, not left back. No, definitely not. <laughs> left back, mm. left back. You're a left footer though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. But centre to me is what I like the most. So you gotta have the ball a lot. You gotta basically dictate the game a lot, which is what I enjoy doing. And as Darren said, my favorite player is Paul Scholes actually. So I enjoy it a lot. So, was the possibility of you two guys partnering each other in central midfield for Atlas? Oh, you got ask Craig. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you got ask the coach, man. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so on that same on that same note, uh, let's talk about Craig for a little bit. Um, staying with you, Daniel. Right. Tell me about your involvement with Atlas. How you joined the club? How you found out about the club? And then tell me a bit about your relationship with Craig. All right. So when I first, basically what it was, a bunch of us used to scrimmage at Simpson Motors all the time. So it was like, and a good few of the other squad members. So like me, Alex, Jesse, Nick Holford, a good few of us used to scrimmage there. And it was actually an evening. Akio Eastman would have messaged me and he would have told me that Craig was interested in starting a team. I wanted to know if I would like to be involved, but I don't think I don't think Craig had my number at the time. So I went through mm-hmm. one of the football chats that I was in, and I went and I found Craig's number and I messaged him. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll be glad to be involved with it." 
That's basically how I got involved. Um, mm-hmm. you asked about relationship wise as well. Yeah, how 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 you how you how you get on with Craig? What do you think of him? Well, to me, Craig is a very good coach. Honestly, out of all the clubs I've played for, tactics wise, I find that he is the most willing to try things. What I found, especially in junior football, there wasn't really any form of tactical play. In my opinion, like mostly what I found was coaches were put on 11 with their so-called best players and expect results, but there was no like form of tactics. But I find that with Craig now, he actually tries to fit a system that works best for all the players inside the squad. So mm-hmm. to me, he does a very good job with the tactical side of football, yeah. Which is something I actually so admire even a after... Mm-hmm. So even after this extended break that you were out of football with the injury, etc., mm-hmm. coming back you now and joining Atlas, was it a major shift from everything you had known or it was um, like a continuation of the your, your football development? Probably a continuation, I would say, because when we were first starting, we still had to do... Because not everybody would have had the same level of experience as other people. So we still had to go through a lot of the basics of football as well. So it was more stuff that I was mm-hmm. recapping. But honestly, I probably needed a lot of recapping on it because it's been a while since I played football properly. But mm-hmm. as we grew and got more more training sessions under our belt, I found that we then shifted to another stage which you probably wouldn't have experienced before no matter the level that you played at. Like, for example, there are days where we would go and we will play two. We we have two 11s and we play a whole match. But when we play this whole match, we're not playing it just to see who wins. We're playing it to run different systems. We're we're setting up players in different positions to see how best they will play the role. And we always have a goal of what style of play we want to play during that practice game and so on. And then we try to execute the same plans into matches, which is something I personally have not seen in a lot of Asian clubs. Mm-hmm. Tell me about you know, Darren, how, how you became a member of Atlas, uh, you know, star centre-back. <laughs> and what do, you, what do you think about the head honcho in charge, Mr. Craig Stewart? Well, Niall actually invited me to the club. Niall reached out to me and asked me if I was interested. And, of course, I was like, of course, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, Craig, to me, he's a very visionary guy. Um. I for sure have never experienced working with someone like him before in terms of coaching or football for that matter because, like Niall said, a lot of coaches are more so interested in putting out their most talented players. Um, Craig, however, has found a way to get players who some people may see as not as talented to still have their function and their role in the team. So everyone, therefore, is Uh instrumental. So just just piggybacking on what um, Daniel has said, how do you how do you enjoy training? How do you enjoy uh, the tactical work, the sessions, the the physical training? How do you enjoy all of that? Um, the tactical work for sure is one of my favorite things because I also want to be a coach in the future. So I always learn a lot from Greg. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the physicality of the training, it is. Tiring, but worth it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. So, Daniel, and y'all played in any of the preseason games? Yeah, yeah. I missed the, I missed the first two. Where Daniel guys played Elite FC? I yeah. think in the first two games. Yeah, I think so. But I played the other. I think we had like four or five games. I played the other four or five games. How 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 do you assess? First of all, assess your own performance, and then. <laughs> Assess the team's performance in those games that you play. Well, my own performance, I know I could do a lot better. In some of the games, I would say I probably played pretty well. But there were games that I was quite mm-hmm. disappointed with myself. Like, for example, I can name the, the Huddersfield turning game that we played. I personally did not think my performance was very good. Like, that was one game that I really, really, really thought I could have done better. That was one game for sure. Why not? Because... I guess I was getting too caught up. Like, I was playing... Because, you know, in Beijing football, you find a lot of the times teams play long ball football. Like, as they get the ball, they just hoof it for it. So, I kind of got caught up in that same mentality as well. I was just looking to play the long through pass all the time. But as Craig has tried to drill into me in the past, I can't keep doing that. And I realized after that game, for sure, I definitely can't keep doing it because... It was becoming very, very, very scripted and predictable. So mm. that was one game for sure. I know I could done Craig, Craig tells me that he's very hard on you, though. So <laughs> was was this was was this game the beginning of him being very hard and tough on you, or was this game like a continuation, or you had to face the hairdryer one more time? Uh, to be fair, I didn't really get a lot of heat after that game. The way Craig Craig is hard on me, yes, but it depends. It was more like back to training and so on. Like he knows I could do a lot better in the trainings, and sometimes I don't do as well as I should be doing. So yeah, he would give me a lot of heat, and then especially because I'm a very left-footed player, he tries to encourage me to use my right some more. But uh... <laughs> it's a process, <laughs> so I'm working on it. <laughs> That's the thing with your left footers, you know. Your left footers too left-footed. <laughs> <laughs> like you will have a you will have a right footed player and sometimes he will pass with his mm. left foot, sometimes you will try a little save his left foot. But your left footed players so left footed in yeah. so many cases is <laughs> amazing. And then playing midfield too. So I can see why he gets yeah. on you. And then playing midfield too, I definitely got to learn to use both my feet. So it's something I've been working on actually. I was trying to get better at it, but obviously with the break now, it's kinda of hard. To keep the um consistency on so on with working with my right foot and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um still be you, Daniel. If the season had not been postponed, cancelled, mm-hmm. whatever, because of the ongoing crisis, and based on the, the team's performances in those preseason games, did it fill you with uh, a lot of enthusiasm for the upcoming? Oh yeah, season? for sure. I was confident of the season. Like how. The development over the games, especially when we went to, I think we played in Bayland. We played Darrell's Road in Bayland. And yeah. after that game, when mm-hmm. I went home, I was like, okay, yeah. Because Darrell's Road is a Division Two side. After that game, when I went home, I was like, yeah, we won that uncomfortably. Not to be overconfident, but I figured that if we went into the season, I didn't think there were many teams that would be able to beat us, honestly. I was real, real, real confident yeah. about the season coming up. Hmm. It's just unfortunate that, you know, these things happen and 
everything get put on the back burner. Yeah, but you know, more time to prepare, I guess. Because see, I don't right. reckon we're well, playing that, football. That's one way year. of looking at it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're gonna play until next year either, for real. Um, Darren, talk to me about your performances in those games playing at centre back. Uh, I know that there was a lot of, um, I want to say, experimenting with the back four <laughs> and back three. Yeah. So tell me about your performances, how you thought about your performances personally, and then the team as a whole. Okay, so in the first game, uh, it was it was tough for me because my fitness was not where it should have been. So I was disappointed in my first two games, I should say. But I know that in terms of the mm-hmm. t- tactical side, I was on top of things, or at least I'd like to think so. Then in terms of the shifting to back three and back four and stuff, I found it was uh, difficult at first to get used to, but uh, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying playing back three more because I feel like I have more protection around me and therefore I'm more comfortable to carry the ball. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, you mentioned fitness. Yeah. Do you think the team's fitness in these preseason games, do you think the team's fitness was up to the standard it should have been, or that's still an area that the whole team needs to work? Um, I think I think it got, it got gradually better because first game, I think everyone was really burnt out after the first half. But by the third game, everyone looked very fresh and ready to go after each half or after near the end of the game, people were still running. Superb. Um, so, so in this downtime, uh, I'm still sticking with you, Darren. In this, in this downtime, how do you guys keep your fitness up? You, you okay. first. So our friend Kyle, our teammate, sorry, our teammate Kyle, and pretty much our fitness coach has basically laid out a couple exercises he wants to do. He wants us to do three times a day. No, sorry, three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing them both. <laughs> Three time, I think three times a day will be, will be better. That's, that sounds like a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> so how how y'all been getting on with it? How you been getting on I've, with it, I've been doing them when I can, but school has also been getting on top of me. But I've been trying my best. Mm. What about you, Daniel? You've you been keeping fit? Yeah, I try my best. I do. We, me, Alex, and a couple others actually do this Zoom call on the evenings. So we exercise like quarter to five on the evening. That's just one set. And then I do, cause I got, because I have a knee injury, I got to do a lot of leg work all the time. So I do legs every single day. And then I've been trying to get a little, a little more solid and get down the belly as well. Cause <laughs> I need to get down in this downtime. I'm trying to get fitter for when we come back than I was when we went on quarantine, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a very um, a very noble thing of you to do to make sure that you're even fitter than you were uh, at the beginning. But the thing about the belly is that I think that everybody after quarantine got a quarantine belly. That is, <laughs> that is standard. Because, I mean, I mean, we locked down. You know, ain't really much you could go and do. And then when you're at home and... and Depending on the kind of exercise you're doing, whether it's body uh-huh. weight exercises, whether you got some dumbbells or uh-huh. whatever, the motivation is, is hard because like you're home all day, then you go go and put on your training clothes, then you go go and get sweaty and 
it 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 may not have it may not slap the same way as picking up and going to training and training with the guys. So I understand that the motivation would be a little bit down, but still, um, I'm glad to hear about the Zoom the Zoom call the Zoom call group. I think Alex told me about that as well. So that's good that everybody can come and um motivate each other. I didn't hear Darren say that he on this Zoom call either though. No, I guess it's different groups, but I'm I'm good doing it by myself. If anything, check in with all Danny right. Williams. All right. I ain't really believe you. But all right. I feel that you should join the main from the Zoom call to make sure that the motivation and the encouragement there. But all right, brother. If if that works for you, you go right ahead. Um, on this on this Zoom call though, Daniel, what, what kind of exercises y'all do? Just the body weight, or somebody's got some weights? What, what was the value? Well, it actually varies every day. So, for some days we do straight out burnout arms. If you have weights, use weights. Otherwise, I think some of the guys that don't have weights would fill up like gallon bottles of water and use those as their dumbbells and so on. Yeah. And then other days, like I think Friday, Friday we did like a full cardio on abs. So every day is different. But it's good though. I like it. And these these exercises are provided by Coach Kyle. Some yeah, and then we have a a friend of ours that actually studies. I think he's studying sports science in America. He does some of his own exercises as well, so it's all incorporated into one thing. Okay, well, for me right now, I'm just doing a bit of um a bit of body weight exercises. I just doing a bit of push-ups. I trying to do the push-ups, sit-ups, squats, um, pull-ups. If I could do at least, at least, yeah, a hundred, but between fifty and a hundred, depending on how how I feel. But if I could do at least all four of those exercises a day, uh, at least fifty, sixty, maybe push myself to a hundred, I feel good with the body weight exercises. But now, I I kind of experimenting with the with the weighted exercises, but the thing is now, I ain't got no dumbbells or no weights. What I use is a brick. <laughs> because I got a wall up by me that mm-hmm. fall down. And all the bricks kind of come out the thing. So I just curl a brick to like to my hand tired. You think that's a good yeah. thing? You go use whatever you go use. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you go do what you go <laughs> do. Exactly. So I'm glad to hear y'all rate my little, my little uh, ghetto exercise because... Once I come and I and I curl to my hand tired, I, I will rest. Uh rest for maybe about five to ten minutes and then try to max out my arm again. And I realize I see a little definition, you know, and I sorry that ain't really time for me to go out and, and, and check for the girls <laughs> and things. My you can understand go, um, because I nine, will man. like Sure, sure. Man, that's very <laughs> for me. I, I don't get to like Santa Santa day, you know. I would like to go and let the girls see my arms, let the young ladies see my arms, so that they can tell us that, oh yeah, burba doesn't work <laughs> So, you know, give me some forward. <laughs> but in time, we, 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 we claim that this coronavirus is going to go along about it business from Mexican, and we will soon get back to playing football and watching football and all these other things soon, and we will soon get back to the girlies. Yeah, Amen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 
so so how you guys how you guys coping without football? Uh, let me let me talk to Darren for a little bit. How you guys coping without football on TV? Uh, no football. You're not supposed to scrimmage. You're not supposed to engage in uh, recreational forms of sport. So how y'all managing, man? I know that I'm not managing well, but, but how y'all? Managing? I am not managing at all. I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> So you ain't playing a FIFA, yeah, playing FIFA day? every day. <laughs> Sometimes two yeah. times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's the only FIFA that that True. we got now. And if I may tell you guys another story, I used to play the older versions of FIFA before because my computer was never because I was a, I was a PC man, mm. right? And my PC was never of the high quality to run the newest game, so. Up to late last year, I was still on FIFA 14. But I have achieved and attained and procured a gaming PC. So now I could update my my, my FIFA uh, portfolio. So now I have FIFA 18. <laughs> Not FIFA 20. I have FIFA 18. So, And that game, because the difference between 18 and 14 and all these ones getting down there. I just on this game all day, every day. I was actually just playing the game before uh, I came on here with you guys. So, <laughs> and I going back on once we uh, depart. So just letting you all know that that is the only way I am coping right now uh, without football. Daniel, it is a major struggle. What, what honestly, what I've been doing <laughs> sometimes I'll watch like some of the older games, I'll watch them back. For example, there's a little kid that United are looking to sign a fella named Jude Bellingham. Like I went and watched Birmingham City mm-hmm. play a game. That is not normal. But that is why <laughs> that is why it's gotten to I I'm at a point where I'm just trying to find random games to watch. But I'm also playing a lot of FIFA. We're actually doing a FIFA tournament today. <laughs> so that, that's what I've been on. Mm-hmm. This this FIFA yeah. tournament. Oh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't participate, <laughs> unfortunately. You know what I've been doing as well? I realized that on YouTube, um, I see in a lot of clips from like the 1974 World Cup with Dutch and Brazil, and it, it's just the highlights though. But I, I sit down and watch a whole 12 minute video with the Dutch versus Brazil, and I was like, I would have never watched yep. this if live football was going on. Because the thing is about these old games is that it's kind of for me like a supplement to watching live mm-hmm. football now. So you got live football, you get it, you watch the early kickoff in the Premier League, you watch the 10 o'clock game or 11 o'clock, then you watch your side play later on, and then you watch Barcelona about 2.45 or Madrid, any of them. You have a whole day of football, and then if you feel like watching more, you could turn on um, uh, one of these streams and, and you watch it all game. But now... The mere fact that the old games are the only thing is really, yeah. really sad. Even in the other sports, like ESPN putting on old basketball <laughs> games. Uh, WWE Network, I don't know if y'all guys are wrestling nah. fans. <laughs> WWE Network putting on old wrestling matches and old wrestling pay-per-views. And it's just burying us in the fact that we have no sport, no gathering, Nothing. almost no... Yeah. One thing I did, like, though, I managed and... to watch the... Um... The trouble season, the '99 season. Oh, yeah. oh man, yeah, Manchester crap. United. Yeah, that you can watch, watch that. You can watch that anytime. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> 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 
that's a that's a great I one. I caught my dad watching the Belarus um, Belarus football. I think that's the only football I was playing. Yeah, yeah. The Belarusian league. Yeah, awful football to watch, man. Awful. I think, think it got cancelled huh? recently, so I thought it was a rerun from probably last month. Uh, oh, last month. I figured so because. They were still, they were still, um, going up to early. Sorry, I want to say up to like mid April, yeah. and they were the only league in Europe that was that was playing. I couldn't find any streams, um, to watch it, but I knew that they were going on, and I figured that eventually somebody can tell the man, look, man, wanna go try and stop with a football because no boss ain't got football. Blah 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 blah. Just kidding. <laughs> I think that that's how you could describe them. Um. Back to you, Darren, for a little bit. Tell me about the differences between playing for Atlas week in, week out training and, for example, what I would consider the next high moment in your career, which would be in captaining the under-19 team. So tell me about the training and playing differences between Noah Atlas and when you were captain at yeah so at foundation it was more so ball work everything was ball work everything was about getting the team to click i guess the coach was more into chemistry and getting us to play the way he wanted to play um i worked with anderson bavel not sure if anyone knows <laughs> but yeah from the silence, I don't think any no, of us know it. <laughs> he was he was a man manager, you would say, because he he tried to get his the best out of everyone. But other than that, uh, compared to Atlas, he said, "Yeah, yeah, Atlas is yeah. is everything. I get everything about this. I, I learned so much from Craig and skills and Inchi, all the guys, even Fox, who went to school with me and taught me even back then as well." You, you said even Fox. You <laughs> no, but I mean, because I would have been with Fox before, so <laughs> I didn't really learn anything new from him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Fox, so yes, Fox sir. is your brain then. So, okay, cool. So about you, Daniel, what's the, what's the differences between now playing for Atlas and the other experiences you had, like at uh, Kickstart, at Checker Hall, oh, at um... UWE? Pro starters for a little bit. You you've been kind of like a journeyman in, <laughs> on the club scene. So compare this present experience now at Atlas with some of the high points from those previous. I would clubs. say my major thing is that I find that as a team, a lot of us have a lot of chemistry. Like most of us, sorry, all of us, as far as I know, there's no issues. All of us get along very well, and a lot of these guys I've known for years now. So that, to me, that's like the biggest thing. When I go, when I went to other clubs, you no, know, it was more of like adjusting, having to get to know people, and then the chemistry levels weren't always like there. Like in junior football, especially, I found that in other clubs, the chemistry level wasn't there. But now at Atlas, you no, know, the chemistry I have with my teammates is very, very, very high. Like very, very high. A lot of us are very good friends. So that's the major thing. So you think, yeah. So you think that that, um, still be you, Daniel, you think that that is a, a major strong suit for Atlas and a, a major benefit to Coach Oh, yeah, and definitely. Because, like, for example, all right, so Jesse plays left back. I usually play left center mid, and then Nick Knight plays left wing. And the three of us 
half scrimmage, no, for like a good few years, no, we've played together. So now coming, you know, in a team platform, it's like we already know how each other plays. So like we already, we already here and we already know how people like to get the ball to foot and so on. So it's like a lot easier to play the game. Like you instantly know, especially now involving the tactical side that Craig and them would have implemented, where each of us have set positions. We already know each other's play style, so we already know where to go to support each other and so on. And that is something that you wouldn't get in a lot of other clubs. I think I think Coach Craig is a master recruiter, though. I think he he pulled a lot of guys from uh, similar backgrounds. Even when I had gone to train with y'all for that instinct, <laughs> uh, the, the two-week period, it, I call it ill fated because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I I had different I had different intentions for this football season. I. I wanted to work because um, I do a bit of journalism for the nation and Trident 10 and for some other people. So I wanted this season to balance the my journalistic work along with playing slightly. But I find out, and, and luckily for me, and I don't consider it bad, but luckily for me, the journalistic work kind of took over and expanded. So as a result, I wasn't able to come and train with you guys and uh, be a part of the team as I wanted to. But, um, you know, everything for a reason because I don't think that my skill and will would have made any difference to Atlas's success <laughs> anyway. So I think that that is um, <laughs> better better for both parties. But even when I arrived, I had met, I had seen and, and met with guys that I had known from before, like Demario. Uh, Alex, is, Alex is also a good brethren of mine. And a lot of, lot of other guys who I had known um, just by seeing them or linking, um, times in the past so even in my position I would have felt and did feel very comfortable with the team members because you feel like you have some level of familiarity and I think that that really pushes a team to another level like everybody uh, speaking to Craig and speaking to all the coaches um, they would love everybody to be friends yes but everybody doesn't have to be friends everybody just has to be respectful of one another of course kind to one another and encouraging and but the added bonus, even though you have all of that, the added bonus is that most of you, if not all of you, have known one another for a long time, played with one another, more importantly, and as a result, the chemistry is there for all to see. And Atlas United is definitely benefiting um, from it. And it really puts the United in Atlas United because you guys are definitely uh, United front. No, Darren. Do you see yourself as, uh, let me see, do you see yourself as like a bruising centre back, <laughs> like a Nemanja Vidic or Dejan Lovren, or do you see yourself as more like the Rolls Royce, like Rio Ferdinand, Virgil Van Dijk? Which mold? I like to think yourself? of myself as both, but I, I have modeled my game on Nemanja oh. Vidic. That one is my hero. <laughs> 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 yeah, but. Is, yeah, he, is he my best, he but I realize that that style of football has cost me so much years of my career, really and truly. Yeah, yeah, because injuries, like I said, I had about five, four or five major surgeries. Sorry, injuries, not really surgeries, but three surgeries, wow. but major injuries, but four, I think. It's only error by you. <laughs> yeah, only error by you. 
So everybody use who you follow your game on. Yeah, we, we understand. So so tell me about these surgeries quickly though. How how was the process? Um the healing process, getting back on the field. Okay. How, how so the first on? time I had broken my wrist, I was playing for Okay, sir, it was just a practice game. I remember jumping for a header. I have been pushed in my back, landed right on the hand, broke my wrist. That was, I was out for four weeks. Then my mom didn't want me to play for a while, so I was out for even longer. And then, <laughs> yeah, but then after that, I tore my meniscus playing for foundation um, in the under-19s. I, I knew that there was a problem, but I didn't stop. I just kept icing it upon knee brace and stuff. And played up until became third that year. That was my last year at foundation. And uh, when I finally went to the doctor, he told me that I tore meniscus. And anymore running around, I could have ended up tearing my ACL as well. So dodged the bullet there. Then the wow. last call was wow. Yeah, it's very true. Really <laughs> then well, actually before that, I went to an ID camp in Boston because I went to go to a college over there. And I ruptured my right tendon by my ankle. So that cancelled that whole <laughs> that whole dream. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how how disappointed were you when, when you when that last oh, injury? Um I was I, I cried actually because I was still at the camp. That happened the second day out of six days. So I called my mom and I was just crying on the phone. But things happen. So didn't get through there, came back, um, then broke my elbow. That was my last major injury. So. Listen, my man, you got to be more careful, man. <laughs> my dad said But at least, at least you're fighting fit and strong now and, and even better now turning out for Atlas. So we give thanks that you get past those injuries and now you are the big man at the back. For Atlas, you know, yes, big man at the back in the red and black. <laughs> Indeed. So, Daniel, um, same question for you. Who, who do you model your game? I know you model your game after many players, but based on uh, what you told me, you you've played all over, played at left wing, left back, centre midfield. So, who do you model your game well, really after? I think Daniel would say this too. I take I I like Paul scores a lot. So if you see me play, you'll probably see me taking a lot of long shots from from places that you wouldn't normally shoot from. They might not be on target all the time. But he is definitely somebody that I try to model my game off of. Uh, Obviously, after getting my injury, I wouldn't be as aggressive, I would say, in terms of my tackling. I would try to be more, like, try to think more about when I'm going to tackle and how I'm going to tackle. So I would slow down that area a bit. But if I was to say anybody that inspired my game, it would be Paul Scholes. Craig actually says that, that I play like Fred, which at first I found mm-hmm. to be disrespectful, but now Fred is quite a world beater. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig, sorry, not yeah. Craig, uh, Fred is a left footer as well, so maybe that's where he, he saw yeah. the uh, yeah. comparison initially. And, and Fred, for his for his credit too, and this is me saying as a United fan, no, he doesn't get injured. Yeah, he is a nah, very fit guy. Um, he can run for ninety minutes every week. Yep, he he may not be the most blessed uh, talent wise, but definitely effort. You cannot discount uh, Fred's effort. 
So, Daniel, tell me about the last injury you had when you were playing at UB and, and how the rehabilitation and how long it took you to, to start back scrimmaging and playing and well, all Well, all right. So, say first year UE when I got that injury, that was October, October 2016. All right. So, I would have been going to collect the ball first five minutes of the game. Turned, as I collect the ball, turned, knee snapped. From there, the very next week now, I came back to go to the physio and so on. And they were just telling me, like, two or so weeks, I got rest up and thing, no play football and stuff like that. But I knew within myself that I was going to be out for a while. So I took a few months off because it was a lot of swelling and so on. So I took a few months off. When I came back now, because I, I went in town to buy a brace and thing, and told myself, all right, let me try scrimmaging before I go back to training to see if it's good. Went to the first scrimmage, played an hour, told myself, okay, yeah, this is good. It started to rain, and it slipped and twisted the same knee again. <laughs> so then it was oh, another boy, few months. Me. And honestly, it was like that for a good while until I told myself, all right, this is not the right way to go. If I keep doing this, it will come to a point where I have to walk with a cane or something. So I actually probably probably in 2019, I started doing physiotherapy. So I would have just started going now. So that was three years after the injury. So in 2019, I started doing uh, physio and so forth. And from there, I never really had a major, major injury with it. Like sometimes I would get a knock which would keep me out for a couple of weeks. Like, that's actually what kept me out of the two elite games. I had gone and not in a training session. It was the week before the match, I think. I had gone another knock, kept me out for a good little while. But other than that, I back playing properly. Sometimes I'll get a little tingle, but that's all really. Just go and make sure I keep on top of the physio and everything. But a knee, a knee injury, especially for football, with so many mm-hmm. run, so much running and turning and jumping, you you don't feel for it though during the game. You don't be thinking about your knee. Subconsciously, probably. So honestly, sometimes like when I first came back, because as I said, I got I couldn't play the first two match, the first two preseason matches. So when I came back now with the training, for like probably, probably like four weeks of training, now, I was like, all right, let me let me not take this too seriously. Let me slow down a little bit not get too caught up because I didn't want to re-injure. But after a while, after yeah. a while, you don't really think about it. Like, for example, when we play the matches, after about the first 10 minutes, like, I wouldn't even remember that I have on a knee brace or I have a knee injury. Like, I would just be playing playing fully, to be honest. So, only in training and stuff, when I have, when the adrenaline isn't really there as much, I would might think about it, but not really as much in games anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, at least both of you now have gotten past these injuries and there's a lot of football to look forward to. It may not seem that way at this point, but there's a lot of football to, to look forward to. So it's very good to know you guys are fully fit and training <laughs> every day on Zoom or whatever you're doing. <laughs> I really know about Darren. I can't talk for Darren. But <laughs> it's nice to know that you're training and everybody's fit, strong, and just waiting uh, until the season starts. Still with you, Daniel, um, how do you envision your football career going, whether in Barbados, overseas? You're with Atlas right now, but how do you envision 
your football career going for the next five, well, ten, five years. However, I reckon years. we'll be winning the Premier League for the second year in a row. I think it'll be. Four. It's three years mm. to get there. To get there, so after we win Division Three, Division Two, Division One, yeah, three years to get there. Fourth year, I would say that adjustment. Uh-huh. But in year five, we will win the title. In my, I hope so. We will be able to win the title in year five, and then who knows what happens after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will, I will let us, I will let us to go straight okay. into prime and win the title. That is what I would like to do. <laughs> Bold. Bold predictions <laughs> there from Mr. Lashley. What about you, Mr. Mears? How do you see your football career going with without Atlas? I, I agree with that completely because I, I believe this team has the potential to go as far as, as we want, to be honest. And I'll be there right along the way. Promise. Superb. Great stuff. Now, let's let's switch gears a bit let's talk about manchester united because i know you guys yeah. are huge manchester united fans and so am i so let's let's talk a little bit about this international football let's just throw some questions to you guys you just give me a brief All answer because right. i got a lot of questions okay now this is for both of you i want daniel to go first mm-hmm. paul pogba should united <laughs> keep him or sell him man i i am one of the most <laughs> conflicted people on this because He's to me. He's probably the most talented midfielder in world football at the moment. In terms of what he has and what he can do, he's probably the most talented. What yeah. what you wouldn't like is that. all the all the background stuff that comes with having Paul Pogba in your team. For example, Mino Raiola, Pogba's brothers. All of that drama is just not needed. So mm-hmm. if that was to stay with the club. It wouldn't be good, in my opinion, because there's always going to be questions floating around. Like, when De Gea wasn't signing his contract, for example, there were so many questions. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? I know it's 10 times worse with Pogba because he has, one, he has all those questions, and then he, on top of that, has his agent saying, very, like, instigating a lot of things, basically. So, uh, I'm real conflicted on that one. (laughs) I can't really answer it. The agent, the agent gave me sick too. I, I think that he's a major part of all the disagreement, all the rumblings in the background. I think yep. the agent is at the center of it. I don't know if he's trying to get more money for Pogba, if he's trying to get him a better contract, a better... I have no idea, but he seems to be a major yep. player in all this drama. I mean, you think about why uh, Sir Alex Ferguson allowed him to leave to go to Juventus. And then in I think in mm-hmm. one of Ferguson's book, I think it was leading his one of his autobiographies, he mentioned yep. Mino Raiola by name and said that he wouldn't deal with him. So if if a if a visionary and and I know you guys agree that my, uh, uh, Sir Alex yep, Ferguson is the greatest manager who's ever lived, if somebody like him didn't want to deal and I remember he dealt with the highest profile managers because yep. he dealt with the highest profile players. So if a manager like him, and this was like in his senior mm-hmm. time, this is like 2010-11, if in these times he didn't want to deal with Mino Raiola, imagine. And it's only after Ferguson left that we started yeah. getting a lot of Mino Raiola players, you know, Mkhitaryan, Zlatan, uh, Sam Pogba. <laughs> and all of them came when Mourinho came. And Mourinho also has a high-profile yeah. manager of his own in George Mendes. So... 
Ferguson was never a fan of these high-profile managers and high-profile players, and that maybe is why the success of Manchester United was how it was during the nineties. This man yeah, got rid of his true. biggest players and didn't care. Well, not say he didn't care, but he did not act as though he cared. He always was looking for the next star. So even when United sold Beckham, got rid of Roy Keane mid-season, sold Cristiano Ronaldo, even didn't sign Carlos Tevez. United always found a way to to um, to box back and remain successful. So, Darren, I have another question for you now. Yeah. <laughs> I know ask Daniel the question, right? Yeah. So, Darren, I have this one for you. I I have a very love-hate relationship <laughs> with Anthony Martial, right? I think he is an extremely gifted player, but at the same time, I do not think he's consistent mm-hmm. enough. Will he, de- in your opinion, will he develop this needed aura of consistency or should we just um, let him go? Because I, I, for, I, for one, can't even tell how he's feeling in the moment. He rarely shows expression. So, and, I, and, and now this is, this is about... 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, yeah. 19, 20. There's like five seasons now he's been at United. He's not a youngster coming up anymore. He is, I think he's 23, 22 years old. That's a senior footballer yep. in my in my uh, viewpoint. What, what, what do you think about Martial? Stay or go? <laughs> I would say, I would say let him go. I would say find someone who is competition, like Werner, for example. I think that would be a wonderful, a wonderful player that we should have. Because, I mean, if Marshall doesn't pull up his socks, then, then we sell him mm-hmm. for at least 50 mil. Maybe about some money. I'll probably invest it elsewhere. Because to me... I, I believe so as well. Very true. Because I think he needs competition. I don't want to sell players lazy. Because, I mean, under Mourinho, Mourinho really would have damaged him if Mourinho stayed any longer. I believe that Marshall would have come out a damaged product. Because, yeah. really and truly, he, he's gifted, yeah? But... Yeah. If, if you're not being treated the right way, you're not going to want to really put out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And I, 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 respect, I respect both of your opinions on these United players because I know you guys watch them week in, week out. It's just those, <laughs> French, those two French boys, there's really divide opinion, especially for me. So I, I just wanted to know how, uh, how everybody else was feeling. Um, towards them. So before we go, though, I want to ask you guys some non-footballing questions, and bear with me as I ask these questions because it's lockdown time. Not much is going on, so I can ask Daniel first. Daniel, what series or movie sure, are you watching was, right now? That's a fantastic question. Well, I just watched, I just finished watching season five of Peaky Blinders on Netflix. I just finished watching that. Okay. Other than that, I'm keeping up with. That's one. Boy, that's that one that is got top, people, you know, a top blinders. series. If you haven't watched it, make sure you watch it as a top series. How how long it gonna take me to get into the, the vibe and the groove of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you watch it. You watch it, Darren. Yeah. The first episode is not so the best, two. but after that, it's all action. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality after the first episode. Okay. All right. So let me make a note of this Peaky Blinders. 
Um, I watched a Jose Marino interview and the person asked him the same thing and he said Peaky Blinders. So uh, I think that a lot of footballers, especially um, fancy Peaky Blinders. Oh, I so no, I, Zara, I no money heist from yeah. you, I'm money heist, actually. Honestly, this quarantine has been quite long. I've forgotten everything that I've watched, to be honest. <laughs> but Queen of the South as well. <laughs> Queen of the South, yes, I can, I, I can now put my hand yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah. That, one, that one hard for you. And the Blacklist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teresa Mendoza, she, she hard for Yeah, you. Blacklist as well is a good, a good, good series. I can, but I, I think in, I think in Peaky Blinders, yeah, that's the best one you list for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so so. Darren, Darren, who you recommend, sure. man? <laughs> um... <laughs> I started watching this thing called Lock and Key. I just watched the first episode yesterday. I know I want to watch more. I'm going to watch it right after this, actually. But, yeah. yeah. Lock and Key? This is, this is on Netflix, too? It looks like that, a... That's a comedy. Um, I'm like trying to think of a way to compare it, too, but it's like, it looks supernatural in terms of... Yeah, so it's hard oh. to explain. I don't want to give it away because I only watched the first episode. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> All right, man. I yeah. I can go and check it out there. So, um, I was I can, I can, I can check the I was very quickly. Every, yeah, that was nice. My thing is, I watched the I watched the first episode of Ozark, and it kind of like I I think I chose to watch it the wrong time. I watch it like close oh. to my to my going to sleep time. So you know, by the time I get up in the morning, it was like, <laughs> Should I don't watch, and it was. I, I didn't I didn't want like watch it over to things so I ain't know man I I but Peaky Blinders I always look at it like I don't know if I can get into this you know but I can go and try Peaky Blinders um in the near future for sure I can I can go and do that so I appreciate your guys' opinion on on United on <laughs> the bingeable TV shows and also on Atlas United um it was a pleasure creating this content with you guys uh thanks for your time thanks for your participation thanks for your honesty as well and know that we have created this content i will go now and binge watch <laughs> some other content that you guys have suggested so i thank you very much for your time and for joining me well, thanks for having us thank United. you no problem at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another installment of All In with Atlas United. I have been your host, Mr. Nick Maitland, football journalist and extraordinaire, King Roots, the Roots King, the number one Roots man. And my two guests have been the very special Daniel Lashley and Darren Mears, a midfielder and a defender, two great rings, and... We just give them many thanks. So from me, the host, Daniel and Dari, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>